Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Mind your business only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning and welcome to the breakfast show. Our C suite guest today is the proud recipient of the Young Business Leader of the Year at the 38th Singapore Business Awards, which was strongly organized by the Business Times and DHL Express. And this follows his awards in 2021, the EY Entrepreneur of the Year Singapore 2021, and the NUS Outstanding Young Alumni Award. Wow. Uh, the list is falling <laughs> off the table right now. So yes. back in 2015, he was recognized by MIT Technology Review as a member of Innovators Under 35. So what business is he in? Well, he is in the field of biotech and preventive healthcare solutions. He is an accomplished innovator, scientist, entrepreneur, founded a three-man cancer diagnostics startup in Singapore called Mirexis. Uh, it is a multi-award-winning biotechnology company which is now a global leader in RNA technology and disease early detection. Right. If you're not familiar with Mirexis, it was spun off from ASTAR's Bioprocessing Technology Institute back in 2014 to commercialize an industry-leading qPCR-based technology for microRNA detection. So that's quite technical. So we're glad he's in the studio to help us make sense of it. That's right. Let's invite our guest, Dr. Jolie Han, co-founder and chief executive officer of Mirexis, to our studio and to our show this morning. Welcome, Lee Han. Good morning. Thank you for having me. All right, we'll start with the easy question first. What is Mirexis? Thank you, Ryan. So Mirexis, uh, six syllabus, MIR, stands for microRNA, which is the technical thing we work on, Mm -hmm. a very small type of RNA in Mm -hmm. our body. X is essentially any microRNA, whether it's in human, plants, animals. Now E stands for expression, Mm. because we measure the expression of these changes which reflects the ongoing status of disease and development in our body. And lastly, S, very importantly, stands for Singapore. Nice. Because when we founded the company back in 2014, the goal is to prove to the world that we can develop a world-class biotech in Singapore. Ah, I didn't realise it's an acronym. So when did you first realise you had an aptitude for the sciences? And what inspired you to pursue a career in life sciences and biomedical science? Well, it was easy. I've always done better in my science subjects than uh-huh. humanity. I'm a triple science student in Anglican High and wow. Tamasa Junior College. Mm-hmm. And back in 2003, when I entered uh, NUS, there was really you know, three things that sort of inspired me. My grandfather was a physician, so I spent mm. some time seeing how doctors saving lives. And 2003 was also the year when the first human genome was completed, which ushered in the era of life science, which... Mm should help us to improve lives and potential. And perhaps more importantly, 2003 was also the year when I had two encounters of cancer in my family. My mother, who had her ovarian tumour detected really early and essentially cured. Mm. And my uncle, who diagnosed with a very late stage stomach cancer and passed on in six months. So the combination of that really inspired me to take on the life science degree. And on the front, you got your PhD biochemistry from the Yonglulin School of Medicine from NUS. So talk us through that turning point, that pivotal moment when you decided, hey, maybe I want to take that leap of faith 
into entrepreneurship, into the world of business? Because not a lot of people in academia can make that transition and you managed to do so successfully. Well, of course, today we, we said we had a plan. We had a beautiful business plan, but it was back in October 2010 and I was in Australia. I was in Melbourne attending an international mm-hmm. conference and that was the first time when, you know, essentially as a PhD student, I was out there interacting with some of my peers from around the globe and realized that not only have they done well in academic work, but they were able to productize. They were able to turn the innovation into products that we can all use. And it was the same month when ASTAR awarded us a commercialization of technology grant Mm -hmm. to then take our technology into product. So two very important things that came together, that the mindset change and then an actual grant from the Singapore government. And then a light bulb went off your head, I'm done with washing test tubes. What they didn't tell you is, <laughs> after you have spun off the company, you still got to wash test tubes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess timing is key there. So you described yourself as an accidental entrepreneur. What were some of the most significant challenges you faced? Well, I really wanted to be a professor. That's why I, I did a PhD. But when we spun off the company, essentially there was no precedence in what we do. There wasn't a 10-year series to follow. And the challenges that we look at was essentially the first, uh, we got to discover new signs that allows to detect cancer before symptom occurs, which was difficult. And we had to convince ourselves and then our investors that we're able to turn those signs into products and to actually get it done to make economic returns. And lastly, and very importantly, we had to recruit over the last nine years like-minded individuals who believe in that cause and bring some board a diverse set of capabilities from research to manufacturing, regulatory affairs and commercialization. So those were the three challenges. Yeah, in the past few years, a lot of attention has been on the RNA technology as well as uh, the detection based on these technologies. How has that impacted your work and the opportunities that have since opened up for you? Very positively. You see, we embarked on the RNA and PCR journey back in 2003. We were the first PCR lab in the whole of Southeast Asia region, and that was back in NUS Med School. So when COVID happened, and what we did for almost 20 years became fashionable. I could literally have PCR RNA conversations with aunties and uncles in coffee shop. So healthcare is the business of trust. And what the pandemic did was really to educate within a very short span of time, the awareness of what RNA can do and what PCR can do. And importantly, now the pandemic taught us that when we came together, we were able to very swiftly address a major global healthcare challenge. Now, why can't we do that for cancer, right? So the mindset change beyond anything else was the most important thing. But another matter, what COVID has built in terms of the PCR testing capability, especially in developing countries, essentially we leapfrogged what would have done in 10 years within two years. So today, RNA and PCR became a lot more accessible, which is important as we go on to address the next healthcare challenge, which is cancer. Yes, the COVID-19 definitely put uh, Mirexis and Singapore on the global deep tech radar. We're in conversation with Joe Lee Han, co-founder and chief executive officer of Mirexis. Now, Lee Han, your recent IPO in Hong Kong marked a significant milestone for your company. Could you shed light on the specific reasons behind choosing Hong Kong for the IPO and whether there was any contemplation of a potential listing right here in yeah, Singapore? Yeah, you said as also Singapore, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, We remain committed to Singapore Mm -hmm. and um, the concept we're going with is really a Singapore global enterprise. 
Now, we have filed for an IPO in Hong Kong under the Bartel listing rule, and the reasons were really quite simple. Now, Hong Kong Exchange, uh, since the formation of this 18A rule in 2018, has seen the most vibrant Bartel listing outside the U.S. To date, 60 companies raising 120 billion Hong Kong dollars. Right, so the reason is simple. There was a sophisticated base of biotech investors in Hong Kong that's been educated for the last five years that recognize, importantly, the value of a biotech company in IP, in the clinical trial data, mm-hmm. in some of these regulatory milestones and commercialization beyond the typical top line, bottom line we talk about. Right? And importantly, our flagship product, GastroClear, which is an early detection test for stomach cancer, has the largest market in China, which has 50% of all stomach cancer patients. So our fundraise in Hong Kong is really intended for us to enter the North Asia market to get access to the right stakeholders. Now, that doesn't mean that we are not supportive of the local uh, mm-hmm. ecosystem. In fact, we've been one of the strongest advocates for a leading exchange within the Southeast Asia. And I believe there has to be Singapore because at the end of the day, the exchange is really meant to support the companies to achieve impact in the region. Mm. As Southeast Asia develop, we see Singapore playing a pivotal role because most of the startups are here. So we've been in conversation with SGX as well. Mm, I suppose there's a valuation factor there as well. If you can raise more money, you can do greater good. So with the funds raised, what is going to be some of the types of innovations we can look forward to from Miraxis in terms of your mission towards saving lives? Yeah, you have uh, raised $50 million in Series D funding. That's right. And we're grateful for the investors coming from the Singapore government side, mm-hmm. from US, from Japan, from China. Now, having raised the funds and been this uh, challenging microenvironment does put us in a very good position to journey on. So we will be making our flagship product, GastroClear, accessible to many countries. We have our own ASEAN Plus 3 strategy, and the Mm -hmm. 3 is China, US, and Japan. So we'll be spending a lot of efforts to make this test accessible to all the patients in those countries. Now, beyond that, we've also developed a pipeline. So folks can expect a lung cancer test, a colorectal cancer test, which are another two major cancers. And most excitingly, last year in Singapore, witnessed by our own Minister Ong Yikang, we have launched our most ambitious effort to date, which, which is to develop blood tests for up to nine cancers, the top six in men and top seven in women. Mm-hmm. When that comes out in a few years' time, that should be a game changer. The goal is simple. Today, two-thirds of Singapore's cancer diagnosed late. With that, we hope two-thirds of Singapore's cancer and the world's cancer will be diagnosed early. Well, Lehan, uh, well, you're certainly doing very well and you aim to double the, your global headcount to about 800 by 2026. But you know, talent shortage is often seen as a significant challenge in the field of innovation. Perhaps elaborate on the core values or principles that guide your approach to talent acquisition and development within Rexis. Absolutely. Talent shortage is the most limiting factor mm-hmm. today. Right? So our approach is really three Ps. Purpose people and perseverance. Now, what we do is challenging and it's long. Mm -hmm. So we really need team members who share the common purpose, who's able to journey on with Merexus for many years. Now, when we have that purpose, what we then have to look at is really people. Now, we believe impactful and long-lasting business are built on people, not on technology, not on funding. So with that, what we have done internally is to form our Access Academy, which really helps all our staff, including myself, to develop myself. Mm. 
And externally, we engage our associations. And the one proud thing we did during COVID was to set up a scholarship with the Mendaki Association to essentially train young aspiring scientists and provide them opportunities to work in Maraxis. And the last point, perseverance. Now, the environment is going to be challenging, right? The world as we knew it, uh, I don't think it's there anymore. So it's even more important that we're able to persevere through the various challenges to capture the opportunity. I'm still very optimistic about the future of Southeast Asia and Mm -hmm. Asia Pacific. So if we share the common purpose, if we can journey on, I'm sure success is within grab. Yeah, I'm curious as well uh, what lessons you can share for those hoping to follow your footsteps, those who are hoping to take a leave of faith as well. What lessons you picked up along the way? Would you have done anything differently? I wouldn't. Now, there were three things I think worked well for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first is to really develop a unique selling point. Be a subspecialty leader. Don't be a fast follower, especially Mm -hmm. in the biotech world. Only the top one or two will succeed in the long run. So don't be a fast follower. Work on a true unique selling point. Mm. Secondly, coming from a small domestic market, it's very important to embrace the idea which uh, DPM Lawrence talked about in the last two budget, which mm. is the Singapore Global Enterprise. Right? We have to venture out early to design our product and services for at least one large healthcare market beyond Singapore. And lastly, just have faith and journey on. Very, very good advice indeed. Thank you so much, Lee Han, for joining us in the studio this morning and for sharing your story with us. Joe Lee Han, co-founder and chief executive officer of Mirexis. Thank you very much. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.